Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode 42. In this episode, we will be hearing from Rob Oliver, who will be taking on the subject of Follow Me in his series with us entitled Still Following. Please feel free to connect with Rob by email with any feedback or comments you might have with this series. He can be reached at ideas at stillfollowing.com. back to still following today we are looking at the commandment of christ follow me you can find it in mark 1 and 17 you can also find it in luke 5 27 you can also find it in luke 9 and 60 and again in matthew 4 and verse 19 there are just a number of places and a number of different people that the lord is talking to when he gives them this commandment We talk about the Lord as the good shepherd, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But every shepherd has a call that they give to their sheep. The call that the Lord Jesus gives to his sheep that separates them from everyone else is he says, follow me. It's interesting as well to think about the fact that what is the response of the sheep? And we're going to get into that also as we go through here. So who is he talking to? The first person he's talking to is Levi, the tax collector also known as Matthew. And his response is to leave everything, rise, and follow the Lord Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, the command to follow me is given to a disciple who is unnamed. And in that story, you'll find that there is an excuse given. He says, let me first go and bury my father. And again, there are two others that say, I will follow you, but they also find reasons why they can't follow There are a number of different responses that happen when Jesus says, follow me. When you look at the stories in Matthew 4, in Luke 5, and in Mark 1, when the Lord Jesus calls Peter and Andrew and James and John, he doesn't just say, follow me. He says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It's very cool to understand that he is calling them, And he is giving them a purpose. He says, I'm going to use the skills that you have as a fisher, but I'm going to use them in a new context. You will not be catching fish, but you will be catching men. So what's he asking them to do when he says, follow me? He says, I want you to associate yourselves with me. He wanted them to become his disciples. Now, it wasn't so that he would have a big entourage and a number of people following them. It was actually, as we just mentioned, he had a purpose for them. He was going to train them to become fishers of men. It wasn't about him. It was about them and them being associated with him and them being able to do a work for the glory of God. As they became his disciples, a word that just means pupils, they were students of the Lord Jesus. And in being associated with him, they were recognized by the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 2, the Pharisees saw what his disciples were doing. And they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful. They were also recognized by the world. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 69, um, it's the story about Peter being in the courtyard where the Lord was being tried. And the servant girl comes to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. Three times over, he is accused of being one of them or being with Jesus. 
he is recognized as being someone that is with the Lord. And unfortunately, in that circumstance, he decides to deny that he ever knows the Lord and does so with oaths and cursing. The good time, though, comes in Acts chapter 4 and 13, because then when the people see Peter and John and they understand that they are uneducated, they are astonished, and they recognize that they had been with Jesus. There is a recognition of the time spent with them. They are associated with him forever. Additionally, as I just mentioned, not only do they become associated with him, but they get to spend time with him. And the reason why it's important for them to spend time with him is that they are learning about him, but also what is the commandment that he gives them in Luke chapter 22 and verse 19? He says, do this in remembrance of me. How can you remember someone that you don't know? How can you remember someone that you haven't spent time with? Additionally, they are going to, as they follow him, learn from him. And what they are going to learn from him is going to affect their action. Matthew 7 24 says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, they are hearing his words and they are doing his words. Additionally, as they hear his words while they follow him, they are going to learn who he is. Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And what is it that they are going to learn? They're going to learn, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And lastly, what are they going to learn as they are following him? They're going to learn the secrets of the kingdom. Matthew 13, 10 and 11, the disciples asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So as they follow him, they are associated with him, they are spending time with him, and they are learning from him. As you can imagine, this concept shows up throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, there are a number of leaders, Moses and Joshua. Moses leads them out of Egypt. Joshua leads them into the promised land. You have the pillar of fire that gives them guidance. It is God's actual presence guiding them through the wilderness. They have a problem when there is no leadership. You get to the book of Judges, and in chapter 17, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did that which was right in his own eyes. A lack of leadership leads to chaos. But for these disciples, they're not having a lack of leadership. They have the greatest leader of all time. Additionally, now when you get to the New Testament, you think about Paul. And Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. The writer to the Hebrews tells us that we are to remember your leaders those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. It is an example for individuals who we should be following. And um, we are only to follow Paul in the way in which he follows Christ. And we are to follow the faith of those that have taught us the word of God, considering how it has impacted their lives. So now we get to this question, how does this whole thing apply to you and apply to me? Here's the cool thing about it. Following means that he has been there first. Everywhere that we go, he has already been there. It's interesting as well to notice that we are following him because he is the shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But it's interesting in that same chapter as he's talking about it, he says that I am the good shepherd in John 10 and 14. 
I know my own and my own know me. He knows us. That's what makes him the shepherd is knowing the sheep. The writer of the Hebrews in chapter 13 and verse 20 talks about our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5 talks about him as being the chief shepherd. In these ways, he is laid out as the shepherd. How do the sheep follow the shepherd? They hear his voice, they know his voice, and they follow his lead. Why do they follow him? They're following him because he knows them, he cares for them, he feeds them, and he would give his life for them. It's not because he says, I'm a shepherd. It's because of the actions that he shows them as the shepherd. We learn a couple important lessons from the way that he calls people and who he calls to follow him. He is calling people that are active. He's not looking around for people that are lazy, just sitting there waiting for something to do. He calls Levi, who is collecting taxes. He calls Peter and Andrew and James and John, who are casting nets, who are mending nets. It's a biblical principle. Think about it. When they chose Saul to be king, he was chasing donkeys. David and Moses were tending sheep. There were people who were busy doing things and God takes them and says, I'm going to use busy and active people. But on top of that, he doesn't say, I'm choosing you just because you're busy. He says, I'm going to use the skill set that you currently have. When the Lord calls Peter, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I'm going to take your current skills as a fisher and I'm going to use it in a new context. It's the same thing that happens with David. He teaches him how to lead the people of Israel. He actually uses Moses' rod and David's slings as instruments of leadership. When it comes to being fishers of men, the two instruments that a fisherman has, a hook and a net. The hook is what is talked about in Matthew 17 and 27. The Lord sends Peter with a hook to catch a fish to pay the taxes. A net is what is used to catch a great number of fish. You remember when the Lord tells them to cast the net on the other side and they catch more fish than they can possibly handle. When it comes to becoming a fisher of men, John chapter 1, Andrew uses the hook to catch Peter. In Acts chapter 2, Peter uses the net to catch 3,000 souls. And again, in chapter 4 of Acts, they catch 5,000 souls. It is the tools of the trade. There are different reactions to what happens when people are called to When the Lord Jesus says, follow me, Peter and John and Andrew and James and Matthew all leave everything. Others give some excuses and they have something else that's more important than following. They're willing to follow, but not completely. And it's interesting when the Lord Jesus hears them say, I will follow, but he says partial followers are no followers at all. It's interesting to me to notice one other thing. When it comes to Peter, The Lord does not just call him once to say, follow me. He calls him again, John chapter 21. He tells Peter, interestingly enough, after Peter has denied him, after Peter has gone back to fishing, after Peter has forsaken him, he tells Peter, feed my sheep. And after he has the discourse with him about feeding his sheep, he says to him in John 21 and 19, follow me. Now, Peter deflects a little bit and says, what about this man pointing to John and the Lord's response to him is, what is that to you? You follow me. 
So it's beautiful to see that the Lord is willing to take people who have failed, people who have made mistakes, and he says to them, he is restoring them, he is saying, follow me. And on top of that, he is asking them into a new realm of service. Peter was not called to be a shepherd, but he became a shepherd. And he talks about that in 1 Peter 5. He says that he is also an elder, and he is able to teach the other uh, people that are elders how to be an elder. Why? Because he knows what it's like to be a shepherd because of the time he spent with the shepherd. So now, at the end of all of this, when the Lord Jesus says, follow me, what does it mean to you? Here's a couple questions to think about. First, am I a full follower or a partial follower? And if I'm only a partial follower, what's keeping me from fully committing to following Christ every day? The second question is this, where can God work through me using the current skill set that I have if I'm willing to give it to him. Listen, I'd love to get your feedback, what your thoughts are about what we're going through. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what commandments of Christ do you think we should talk about? What is it that's standing out to you as you're reading through the word of God? Send your ideas to ideas at stillfollowing.com. These are the words of Christ. He is asking us to follow him. Here's what his reminder is. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. May God give us all help to follow him.